Good morning, Spencerville Avenue Church. It's good to be with you. Pastor Stewart, I want to thank you for the opportunity you provided today for Avenue Healthcare to share our mission with you. And in this partnership with our broad church, we get to do that every single day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. What a humbling responsibility it is, but one that we take so preciously in the mission and the context of our church. This year alone, Avenus Healthcare is on course to see almost 650,000 patients. It's a great responsibility, but we do that, as you can tell, through a team of people that really care a lot about their work, a lot about the mission, and a lot about what we're called to do and accomplish. This year, we'll see almost 200,000 patients in our imaging centers and take 1.9 million lab tests from the patients that we take care of. But you know, all that may be a big responsibility, but it's the calling that we have to do that that's what's important. And today I have a question for you, a very important question. When the moment of truth arrives, are you ready for the consequences? Sometimes, Moments of truth bring certainty. They bring knowledge. They bring clarity. They bring great personal impact. Sometimes moments of truth bring happiness, joy, satisfaction, sometimes grief. Now, you can remember maybe at some times in your life when you've experienced and come up upon the moment of truth. How about those of you that have played sports? And you know what? There's that time of the game when the outcome is known. You're going to win or you're going to lose, right? How about that time when you're in school and the tests are handed out and you studied hard to be ready and you're anxious, you've got that anxiety, what is that test score going to bring? And the moment of truth comes and you find out, did you pass? Did you fail? How about maybe when you're in that stage of finding a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a spouse and you ask them on that date, that first date, and you find out, will they accept my invitation on this date? I remember I had a lot of apprehension about that. Sometimes the moment of truth comes with consequences that will change our life forever and our future. I was around 15 years old when I first learned what the moment of truth really really was and how it impacted my family. With Veterans Day just yesterday, I wanted to share a story with you about Gordon Peterson and how Gordon helped open my eyes to a world full of surprise, anxiety, and a deep understanding of what it meant to face a moment of truth head on, even in the face of great fear. For Gordon Peterson, the consequences of his moments of truth were sometimes very clear, sometimes very immediate. But he fully understood over time that his moments of truth start to develop long-term consequences. Gordon was born in 1913. His military records listed him as five foot, seven and a half inches tall, and he weighed 140 pounds. He had brown eye, brown hair and blue eyes, and he was married and he had a young daughter. He had a job working at a local factory, and he made a livable wage. 
Just trying to survive in the 1920s and 30s wasn't an easy task. 25% unemployment rate, the stock market crashed, the worst drought in the U.S. history was taking place. In his spare time, Gordon loved to listen to music. He even played a few instruments himself. Now, in the late 1930s, do you remember what was happening? We were headed to war. The anxiety, the fear of that began to build each month as it went by. Gordon realized there was a real possibility that he could be drafted in World War II. 1944, at the age of 32, Gordon was drafted. He quit his job, and with great sadness, he said goodbye to his wife and young daughter, and he went to serve his country at $50 a month. His basic training was done in Texas, and it was soon known that Gordon was an excellent marksman with the rifle. He was next selected to be a private first-class rifleman. He was deployed straight into Germany. At that point of the war, the U.S. and our allies had advanced in the country of Germany and began pushing back the Germans in their own country. Gordon served in one of those advanced units. Fighting was fierce. Every day, the Germans were determined to protect their territory and their land. His unit experienced casualties every single day. Gordon explained to me that during that time of town-to-town combat, in his battles, he was required to face that moment of truth, sometimes on a daily basis. The consequences he faced were life or death. His daily moments included taking someone's life or possibly die or get wounded by the enemy that he faced in battle. Death and grief was the norm. Exhaustion, fatigue, numbness was the norm. Sometimes death seemed better than life. His wife and daughter received seven telegrams over seven months stating that Gordon was missing in action. As a Christian man, Gordon was a loving husband, a father, and somehow he had to find the strength to face that moments of truth. He kept a picture of his wife and his daughter in his pocket and a Bible in the other. Somehow, Gordon survived those battles, came back to the United States after celebrating the success of World War II in the streets of Paris, and he was later recognized through different medals for his excellence and courage in his battle. Now, while Gordon survived the battlefield, he came back home to the U.S. The battlefield never left him. Those far too frequent moments of truth changed him little by little. He didn't know how to transition back home from a horrific war, being a father, being a husband, and now a factory worker again. By the time I was born in 1970, Gordon Peterson, my grandfather, was still running away from the moments of truth. Sleeping at night wasn't easy. Many nights he'd wake up and be screaming and shaking in the bed, thinking he was back on the battlefield. We now know that as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. While we know that condition is common today for our veterans and soldiers, back then it took many years before they understood it. Gordon turned to a way of coping. For him, it was alcohol. The ongoing long-term effects of increased alcohol use 
took him away from his family, took him away from his home and eventually his grandchildren. Two years later, at the age of 17, I faced my first moment of truth. The harsh realities of seeing my grandfather pass away and die sunk in to myself and my family with the realization we'd never see him again. I didn't realize even at that time the consequences of what it was like for the loss of life. The question when we face life and death at our doorstep is, where is God in all this? So where do we turn to when we face these significant moments of truth? Do we have to face it by ourselves? Do we have the courage to stand with some, or, or does someone have the courage to stand with us when we face these moments of truth? Does God have a plan for me when I'm left with questions? These life-changing moments of truth can cause loneliness, sadness, sometimes addictions, life limitations, disease, separation. But my friends, hear this. Those moments of truth can also exemplify God's amazing love for us. How? Let's turn to our Bibles. There's one story I want to share with you today that illustrates that really well. Hezekiah was known as one of the greatest kings in all of Judah. Jerusalem was where his home was. Please open your Bibles with me to 2 Kings 20, verse 1. And I want to take you right to Hezekiah's personal moment of truth. Verse 1, it says, In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. There are a lot of hard things about health care. It's complicated. It's, as I said, 24-7 regulated technology, the science is always changing, but there's one thing that I think is the most difficult part of our work in healthcare. It's that time that comes when our physicians and team members are sitting across from a patient and they've exhausted every available resource available to, prov to, to provide hope and healing and improvement to that person's health. And they share these words, the time has come, there's nothing else we can do, you're gonna die. Who do you turn to? What happens next? Where is God in these moments? I think it's one of the most important things maybe that we do in healthcare. We do provide healing for the vast majority of our patients. We can give them excellent treatments, excellent care, and they go on their way and leave our hospital and go home and they can continue to heal. But what happens eventually when disease takes over? Old age sinks in. This is where Hezekiah was. And who did he turn to? His trusted friend, maybe. His trusted prophet, Isaiah. I don't think of Isaiah as this person that kind of comes down from the mountaintops and just preaches all the time. I think of Isaiah. In my mind, I visualize Isaiah as this trusted friend, maybe a physician, maybe a nurse, someone that sat next to King Hezekiah and said, my friend, my dear friend, time is up. You're going to die. With, he had, we believe, he probably had an infection, probably had a severe infection that he was facing, and he was traveling on this journey of poor health by himself. King Hezekiah had done a lot in his lifetime, right? He had changed things. He had gone back and purified the temple, 
purged its idols. He took Moses' staff that they were using as an idol and destroyed it, moved it on. He centralized the worship of God again back in the temple of Jerusalem. He increased the population. He provided a water duct into the city of Jerusalem. He was, pre- he was prepared. He did everything in his means to follow the plan of God. But King Hezekiah finds himself again in this moment of truth with Isaiah. Isaiah had been there for him in the past. He told Hezekiah's trusted men that God will be with you. Everything will be all right. In fact, he protected King Hezekiah and the people of God many, many times. When your world is falling apart, who do you turn to? Every year, I like to look at what is the most trusted profession in our country. Do you know the list? The top five trusted professions? Number five, by the Gallup organization, police officers. Number four, pharmacists. Number three, grade school teachers. Number two, doctors. But the number one most trusted profession in our country today, nurses. Clergy is in the top 10, Pastor Stewart, so... (laughs) We're right there. (laughs) Now listen to King Hezekiah's prayer, and I appreciate reading that in the scripture again with me today. King Hezekiah's prayer is in this moment of truth. He receives the letter from the messenger. He reads it. This is verse 14 and 16 in chapter 19. Hezekiah goes up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And he prayed to the Lord, Lord God of Israel, enthroned between cherubim You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heaven and earth. This is the most important part about that scripture. Lord, give ear and hear. Listen, listen when we cry. Open your eyes and see. Listen to the words of Sennacherib that he has sent to ridicule you, O God. And of course, you see the response that God did. The angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 people that night. Many evidence of God being right there for Hezekiah, but now he faces this moment of truth. What happens? King Hezekiah says, he? he doesn't say anything. At first, he turns his head away. Listen to this. Remember, Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and done what is good in your eyes. But first he turns to the wall and can't even acknowledge it. The burden of knowing he's going to die sinks in. As Isaiah is walking out of the court, God says to Isaiah, go back to Hezekiah and tell him that I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears and I will add 15 years to your life. The road to recovery is never easy. It wasn't easy for King Hezekiah. If you read further, you'll find the steps that he had to take. But just like Isaiah, our health ministry across our country and across our globe, we're put in this position to be there at the spot when people need us the most. Operating a healthcare system is challenging, humbling. It's a difficult responsibility but we have the blueprint of Jesus Christ's ministry to show the way and demonstrate God's profound love for humanity. A few weeks ago, I had a chance to get on a very early morning flight. And as the days got shorter, it was pitch black. 
I got to BWI and I, I boarded my plane and settled into my seat. And as we began to take off, the pilot came online and he said, for those of you that are sitting on the left side of the plane, open your windows. You're about to see something brilliant. I thought, well, all right, great. Let's do this. Let's open the window up, see what he has in mind for us. Every single day, light overtakes darkness. And in that moment, as I was heading out on that plane, the first glimpse of the sun came across the Atlantic Ocean as we were taking off. What it gave to me and it reminded me of was there's hope in God's love for us. Light brings hope. Light shines evidence that God is there for us, even when we can't even see it. God says, I hear your cries. I see your tears. So when that moment of truth arrives, it's okay to look away and face the wall. When that moment of truth arrives, it's okay to look away, face that wall, and cry. When that moment of truth arrives, it's okay to look away, face the wall, cry, and seek God's mercy. Why? Because God has a plan for us. Doesn't matter if it's one minute or 15 more years. He's promised to be there and hear our cries and see our tears. That's our message. If nothing else happens in our mission, but we can somehow show God's love through compassion, prayer, happiness, and joy, we have done our work. I'd like to close and finish by reading Matthew 25, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me and I was in prison and you came to visit me. What a wonderful promise that we have through God's love and may you join us in the years and months ahead to continue our healthcare ministry.